0: Space. well not really
1: take two here in the mitten state welcome to code 47 bringing you all things star trek spanning the quadrants the best thing since the neutral zone go all righty right back again you are on the code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network, uh, I am your humble servant, Trek Lord of West Michigan, Charlie Carden, coming at you for episode 37, <laughs> 37, with uh, <laughs> my, we were just talking about Kevin Smith before we got started, uh, with my esteemed uh, co host cohorts, partners in crime, that would be Aaron and Rich, guys, how are we doing?
0: I thought we were Rarin.
1: Yeah, I thought we were going with Rarin. Rarin, I'm sorry, it's Rarin. <laughs> are we yeah. Rarin to go? I, I had to put that in the notes because I'll never remember. So are we Rarin?
0: <laughs> we're, we are Rarin. We just told you who we were.
1: Yeah, R- Rarin. That sounds like it's mispronouncing that Delco. That sounds like it's something you hear down in Delco, right, right, Rich. God. Well, my my sister-in-law lives down that way, and and when she first started living in – they live in Wilmington, but when they lived there before, they lived in Delco. They were in uh, Strathmore or Swarthmore, one of those bergs that's just north of south of Philly. Maybe a
0: bunch of places I've never heard of (laughs) because (laughs) no one lives
1: there. She said people would jump to – call. her name is Erin – spelled the same as yours is Aaron, and but people call her aaron
0: aaron so i think
1: that the Raren is uh it's, it's very apropos i think
0: when i was a kid i had this relative that called me Aowan.
1: that sounds very like that sounds very vulcan doesn't it, it they turned
0: it into like three syllables somehow oh, nice.
1: oh creepy weird anyway but anyway creepy. uh Episode 37, we're, we're taking a break from talking about episodes because we had some new content drop on Paramount Plus uh, within the last couple of weeks. And it's a documentary. Is this is this the first documentary we're talking about?
0: We, it we is. Did, this is yeah. a b- beautiful documentary. We couldn't yes. have picked a better one. Um, and I know they have that Spock documentary out there, but this one's so much better better no offense to that you know what
1: it's maybe someday maybe we'll start to sprinkle in documentaries every, maybe once a quarter you know we'll maybe we'll hit the spock one and the ds9 one the voyager one will come out eventually and that'll be great uh, and, and then we're the,
0: gonna then we're gonna all watch the crowdfunded series that they did that was awful
1: oh god oh boy <laughs> i i just can't wait mm, things are great when it's crowdfunded but anyway paramount <laughs> plus uh now has a great documentary called and there's a facebook page for it as well if you want to read more about it women in motion it's
0: actually Uh, called it's actually called woman in motion mm -hmm. you have it spelled wrong everywhere it's about one singular woman who the documentary is about
1: so let let me change those e's to a's i'm just a lion piece of you know where well i only see that i have it in there once so so i I think i think you're dramatizing a little bit maybe just a little bit okay we'll go with that very good. But yes, Woman in Motion is the extraordinary true story of what happened to Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek's Lieutenant Uhura, uh, when Nichelle Nichols, excuse me, asked NASA, where are my people? Did I say NASA? Oh, you God. did. NASA. <laughs> I had that much to drink. Uh, NASA, where are my people? The story of how Nichelle I, Nichols.
0: I think, I think she just said, where are my people? <laughs> yeah.
1: What did I say?
0: You said it with like an affectation.
1: Where are my people? I'll try to say it as a straight, yeah, as like like a
0: like a robot.
1: Where yep. are my people? Uh, the story how Michelle Nichols changed the face <laughs> of the NASA space program by recruiting over 8,000 of the nation's best and brightest, including trailblazing astronauts who became the first uh, African Americans, women, and Asians to fly in space. Woo! Yeah. Holy cow! Where do we get started, Aaron?
0: Uh, You you know, um, you'd think I would have a lot to say, um, but the documentary speaks for itself. I think anybody should watch it. Um, A couple of things that I was really thinking of when I watched this is um, when I did that interview with Melinda Snodgrass, that writer, Mm -hmm. she said that the first thing that she ever wrote was an opera for Nichelle Nichols. And I thought, why would you do that? Like, I wasn't criticizing her, but I was thinking to myself, like, okay, but why would you want to write an opera for her? And then after seeing this and seeing how talented she is, I mean, on Star Trek, she's the most talented human being there and has, like, the smallest role of the main cast. No doubt. She can sing. She can sing like an angel. She can dance. She's amazing. And then they just had her a little calm person, but it it all made sense when I was watching it. Like, oh, of course she'd want to write her an opera because she knew what an amazing talented woman this was.
1: Absolutely, and, and again, 1966. I mean, it was uh, it was more than it was a whole foot over the line to have any, I remember Gene Roddenberry had an, an interview from the late 1960s, uh, which would, when they released a VHS, uh, the cage on VHS. Um, so it had never been seen on TV, but he had a little documentary, which he filmed around the, um, around the sets of uh, the, the TOS enterprise. Um, so from like Star Trek three or four, and he was talking about casting of the show. And one, one line he mentioned uh, was that he refused to, To cast the show, quote unquote, sensibly, meaning all whites. So yeah, as we all know, he cast he cast an African American woman, he cast an Asian male, um, and that was big enough. But boy, in this day and age, it just seems like it's really nothing at all. But yeah, he also tried to
0: make it diverse by like having, um, you know, um, having like a, a Scottish character, you know, right. It wasn't. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a token black person, here's a token Asian person. It was like, let's let's have something for everyone.
1: Right. Let's make and, it a representation of Earth and or bigger than Earth because we're in a right. future where we're uh, we're a, a galactic community. So there are other races out there.
0: And somehow keep majority white males so it can appeal to television so it can be successful. I think right. it was a very very. Ballsy move that Gene roddenberry had, but you know he knew what he had to do. um right. Okay. So the most impactful thing for this documentary for me was when she was talking about Dr. King. Mm. And oh, I I'm, love that story. And I'm God. sure you oh, guys yes. know how I feel about that, but I was wondering how you felt about that. How did you feel when you were hearing her say that?
1: You know, I mean, I had certainly heard the I had, I had heard the story before, but to hear it to, told in this fashion, uh, I didn't. Uh, I always knew that that, that was why – I know that she wanted to leave the show after the end of the first season because she felt very marginalized in a lot of ways, kind of what you were talking about. Yes, she was she was there. She was very talented, but her ideas were getting shot down, and she was getting written out of things on the cutting room floor. So she had written her letter of resignation, which I didn't realize she had like turned it in and then had to, in turn, go back and turn it back. But, yeah, she was at a uh, an NAACP award ceremony and standing around milling about doing her thing when – one of her handlers or someone—I don't exactly remember who the gentleman was, though—we did see him in this documentary. Came up and say, "I've got this fan; he's absolutely dying to meet you," and, and she all but rolls her eyes internally, like, "Oh boy, another fan." Turns around and it's Dr. Martin Luther King, and saying, you know, things to the effect that she's, she does, she said, "God, I love Star Trek." She's like, "I just, I just resigned." She said, "You got to go take that back." Well, it wasn't even really a question. Hmm. You got to go take that back. Your show is the only television program i let my daughters watch he said we need you We mm-hmm. need you and yeah how how do you it, it's it is it, you know and again none of us are particularly religious people but it's the hand of god it's the hand of dr martin luther king that reached down and put his hand on her shoulder and said we we need you yeah um, well
0: i think it probably didn't um resonate to her mm-hmm. what she was doing until until he said that and nobody – there would be nobody else a significant in the planet that could tell you as a black person that you need to do something more than Martin Luther King. In the Luther history, Heyman, in the history of black
1: people before and after, I, I, I will postulate because I'm not a black person. But that's my, that, that's my vibe because who, who is uh, on par with Dr. Martin
2: Luther King in, in the history of the struggle? Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, imagine, imagine that. Imagine someone saying to you, "No, you can't do, you can't do this. You have to do this. You have to stay here." Right. And and, I mean, people tell people tell people that all the time. My mom would tell me, "You have to stay in school," right, or whatever, right. But for Martin Luther King Jr. to say that to a black person is I mean, it's empowering. It is. Um, it. It. I'm trying to think of the word that I'm trying to think of the word here. What? Uh,
0: and of course, you're gonna do it. I mean. Yes.
2: Right. Yeah. Who's gonna say no to Dr. Martin Luther King? Right. Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah, because she probably saw it as like a a, a small acting role. That wasn't living up to her talents because, like I said before, she was the most talented person on that show all around. She was the best actor. She was the best dancer. She was the best singer. And they she was underutilized. They barely utilized her at all. Right. So for her to feel like she was very, very small to she's a very, very big part of something, I mean, that's incredible. And that's has to be what fuels what she does next with the space program.
1: Right. Exactly. You you never really know how what you do. And this is just true of life of all of us. You never like with children. We all have children. Right. You know, you never really know what you say or how you do is going to touch the influence of somebody's world. And even if it's with not even your kids, but, you know, I've done a lot of charity work in my time doing the cosplay stuff. And, you know, I have friends with small kids that I spend time with them and you never really know how something you're going to say or do is going to inspire somebody to rise above or look at things differently. So children children in particular are always watching, which is terrifying with as much as I'm sure we all screw up with our own kids, <laughs> but it's a, but it's a good perspective, right?
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I have something that I wanted to talk about when, when we're seeing the footage, the older footage of uh, Nichelle, Talking about the woman in Women in Motion program, she's sitting there with a with a model of the space shuttle and a model of the Enterprise. Oh yeah. And the model of the Enterprise has the nacelles on backwards. What? What? How is that even possible?
1: As backwards BS is that? It, well, obviously it was a kit that was like, oh, we gotta we gotta build some set pieces for Nichelle Nichols being on, so I'm gonna <laughs> go down to Walmart and I'm gonna pick up this AMT uh, Enterprise kit. And I guess I'm going to throw the box away uh, and I'm going to tear up the instructions and I'm just, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to wing it. You know, who's going to know it's it'll, it'll kind of look like the enterprise. It should be just fine.
0: And and you'll have, and you'll have fun doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, but that was one that uh, Richie, I think you watched this before, at least before (laughs) I did. And you dropped that picture on our group chat and I was like, Oh, what the
0: fuck? (laughs)
1: This is not, this is not correct. But, uh, you know, they they meant well.
0: The second really impactful moment for me was when she was talking about how she got motivated to do this with the scientists at the convention Mm -hmm. um, and him crushing on her big time. Meanwhile, she was like in awe of, you know, him and his brilliance and somebody from NASA actually wants to meet me and talk to me. That was like the second part of the catalyst to like set this all into motion. Is very very cool to hear it from her perspective, talking about yeah. her legs and, um, <laughs> you know, how beautiful he thought she was. You
2: and, know, if and, it was and, a Hollywood and, and, script, she would have been. They would have been married if this was a Hollywood right. script. That's how this I was
1: would have... tra- I was trying to figure out if they did end up getting married. No. Uh, just the kind of way they set it up. So, so it's crazy. So it's the early 1970s. Star Trek has ended. The the delightful Star Trek the animated series has ended. Uh, we're years before the Star Trek film franchise. So, um, yeah. And this is what Nichelle starts doing. Is she does it kind of throughout the the late 1970s and and into the 1980s. So, uh, you know, she uh, ushers the careers of people like Sally Ride, who was the first woman in space, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Well, they said her campaigning only lasted four months.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. And and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, it was something staggering that there were 100 female recruits before her program and eight of them were minorities and it went from 8000 to something like 2500 were, were, you know. Women and minorities. So it's just it's just staggering. Yeah, and it was this huge multimedia campaign, which is hilarious back in those days. It was what multimedia was I was in the newspaper, the radio, and TV. Ooh, <laughs> multimedia, uh, which I chuckle because I, I, I as as a student I came up. In that world. And I was, I was, a, I was a journalist when I was in school and I sold newspaper advertising for years, but it's funny that, you know, yeah. Oh, I heard it on the AM radio as I'm driving, you know, to the pig, Wiggly or whatever. Um, or I saw a TV commercial, you know, uh, after, during the 6:30 news, you know, and it's, but, uh, it worked, it worked, mm-hmm. which, which just showed what a hunger, what a talent pool, untapped talent pool existed out there of brilliant minds well, it was also interesting when she
0: was saying they didn't – NASA wanted these minorities, mm-hmm. but um, the impression that the minorities have are it's a government program and they don't want to hire minorities, but NASA is run by scientists who did want them. So it was interesting. They were saying nobody was applying. That's why they needed her to do this. They knew that the talent and was out there, that they needed. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know how to get it.
2: Yeah, I, lo- it I really love a loved-
0: lot about racism.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. I loved that there was there were the the astronauts that were rejected or were they weren't allowed to apply because they were in the military, but they could apply as civilians and they never thought of it. And then there was a I can't remember which astronaut it was, but he was talking about how his commanding officer came to him and said, why did you apply to this as a civilian? And he said, because I knew that I would never get in as a. As an officer, yeah. you know, which, yeah. again, says a lot about the racist uh, structure, power structure, even in the military, you know. Well, right. and,
0: and to be quite frank with you, it's still not that much mm-hmm. better. Consig- considering how much time has lapsed between then and now, okay. There, there isn't enough. We don't have enough black senators. We don't mm-hmm. have enough. You know, maybe the military is slightly better now. I know that they're treated a lot better, mm-hmm. but like people that are in politics, in the government, at the forefront, there aren't that many of them.
2: Mm-hmm. And the well, ones I that mean, are there are like browbeaten. You I mean, right, for Christ's yeah,
0: think, sake, we've had the, yeah, one the mid- black president,
2: the, zero this, female yeah. president. Yep.
1: Think about the midterms a couple of years ago when AOC was elected and the, you know there was a, there was a Muslim senator or congressperson that came from from Dearborn, Michigan, which is a, the biggest Muslim population outside of the Middle East in this country here in my state. And think about how all the all the cranky old white men led by mm-hmm. Trump you know just endlessly droned on about it, you know what I mean? But for every cranky old white guy who passes on to passes out of power by dying, You know, we they serve to then be replaced by the Stacey Abrams and by the the AOC and by, you know, new voices and minorities and the the thing that make this country great. Well, we are we are really monologuing on the sucker here, but we're not
0: wrong. 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 Everybody, everybody can know where we stand. You know, one of the Mm -hmm. things that I have a big issue with when it comes to like Star Trek fandom that I've come to learn with the North Americans in the United States, not the ones in Canada. Are they're extremely white and they're constre- They're extremely conservative and they're mostly men.
2: Which is bizarre it, it,
0: and very old. bizarre. And yeah,
2: I,
1: I watched the original series and brr, 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 brr. you watched the original series, which was packed with minorities, and you hate minorities. <laughs> why <laughs> right. did you watch? Why did you enjoy the original series?
0: Yeah, well, it's cap- super frustrating.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, but it, but at any rate yeah we um to see what she did and then to to watch the way this ended i mean it was it was funny there was a uh, you know this ended with with the caper of this was which was the challenger disaster in january of 1986 yeah. which i was i was 9 years old almost 10 uh and i it's it's one of those what's the first you know disaster that you remember hearing about the news or was a post that, that someone or some, somebody did? Like, what was the first news event that you remember as a child? And uh, I was tagged on it because my father, uh, you know, who's in his 70s, uh, posted uh, the Kennedy assassination, where my dad would have been 13 years old, maybe, if I'm mm-hmm. doing math right, 12 or 13. And mine was Challenger because I, I yeah. remember I went to I went to an elementary scru- school uh, in a rural area um, outside of Grand Rapids and we were it was uh, it was uh, gym class. and we were I don't know if that you guys experienced this when you were going to gym uh, in the 80s, but uh, we did square dancing. So uh, no. it, it was, it was uh, I guess that's a Michigan thing. Uh, we, yeah, we were, we were, it was, it was square dancing and we were square dancing and the Challenger disaster happened and the TV got rolled in and it was like, it was, you know, I didn't experience that again until nine eleven. you know, because I was at where it was like, you, you remember where you were, you know, that Tuesday, I think it was a Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday morning, nine eleven. But, no. um,
0: I was really, really touched. Um, by this in the documentary when she when she talks about it, well, um, it's and I to watch, though. well like, I think what she said that meant a lot to me was when she started to break down and like you know Michelle we can stop we don't have to talk about this and she said I owe it to her yeah, yeah. she she feels partially responsible for that woman and, and that's that's terrible mm. it's a terrible thing for her to have to carry with her
2: yeah. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, did did the did the Challenger have an effect on you, Aaron, when you were a kid? Did you do you remember it vividly or anything?
0: I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, um, so not really. I mean, I was born in 1981, so not probably not as much. I mean, I knew I knew about it, but
2: mm-hmm. sure,
0: I wasn't yeah, I mean, old enough to really comprehend it.
2: Yeah. That makes right. sense. I was in sixth grade and I was in, I want to say I was in science class, and uh, they, they, like you, Charlie, they rolled the, the TV in and they put it on the news and we got to watch it. This was on an airbase too, so. Oh it was, right. Yeah. It,
0: it affected my mom pretty bad because she was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. So I remember her talking to me about it because of how it made her felt because of the whole like civilian thing, school teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's my only memory of it is my, my mom's reaction.
2: Right. Right. So um,
1: well,
2: I wanted so, to go back real quick to something that you yeah, were please. saying, Charlie, that we were kind of monologuing on, on the, the racist structure, you know, power structure in the, in the country and everything. But I think it, it, it's important that we did talk about that because that's really kind of what this is about, right? This is about getting other people of other minorities or other other people in the minority groups involved in NASA as a whole. And you really did see a lot of the glaring racism. Um, it's
0: also important yeah. for us to talk about it because that yeah. what we need white people and, and the three of us are white for the most part. I'm not going to get into why I said the most part, but um, white people need to acknowledge that this is stuff that goes on and, and right. that they understand it and, on a fundamental level. Yep. And we don't we don't get that. Mhm. Totally. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really glad that we did bring it up even though it might be controversial i made air quotes when i said that
1: yes i i I love making it see this is going to be different when we we like the other shows in in the sfu network are going to be going to video you're going to be seeing us on youtube so we're going to have to you know clean up our act we might have to brush our hair wash your ass stop picking your nose so that's that's, i'm just talking about myself i'm just talking about myself
0: i always look nice
1: i i believe it i absolutely believe so
0: i'm always ready
1: Guys, any, any closing thoughts before we move on to the news?
0: Um, I, I said everything I needed to say, but I feel like I really monopolized a lot of that conversation. So um if you guys have anything, I mean please, I'd love to hear.
1: Well, hell Aaron, you're you're a woman, so you you should be driving the boat on this because yeah. you have that you have that perspective that two old honky men like me and Rich are just not gonna have. So we're very
2: grateful. Well, uh, I am not that old.
0: On, we did get a little bit political on this, but um, the one thing that we didn't say about her being a woman, we, we've touched on the race issue a lot, but not the female issue. Um, and that is a big part of why her Star Trek roles were so small, because she's female. She needs mm-hmm. to look nice mm-hmm. and not say a lot because nobody wants to listen to her. And it's the same thing now with them. Um, Mm-hmm. Gender wage gaps, you know, we still have a very, very long way to go, but it's wonderful that there are people out there like Michelle Nichols that are trying to make a difference and trying to make things right.
2: Absolutely. There, You know, what, what you mentioned that, and there's actually, she relayed a story of a producer on Star Trek telling her, hey, we're going to cut this part, but it has nothing to do with you. And she said, you're not me. It has everything to do with me. Exactly. And, right. So many people don't understand that that in, in such a grand scale in this country alone, and mm-hmm. it, it's painful. It's painful to see that so many people are just that, I don't know if it's willfully, but so, so ignorant of that fact. Mm. I know it. Well, I I'd love so,
0: to talk to anyone that feels that way.
2: Oh,
1: oh, I would boy. love to watch you do that. With friends, <laughs> you can you can hit us up at Secret Friends U on Twitter. We, you know, I the, I would imagine. Or I would just imagine...
0: post it on the Secret Friends Unite Facebook page. I, I like to talk to people on there and then get them blocked. So, yeah, by all the, means, let's have of it.
1: Which, <laughs> of which I think you've done at least twice. So,
0: uh, it's been um,
1: twice. Uh, anyway, so th- this was spectacular, everybody. It is available on Paramount Plus, which you very likely have anyway, if you are watching the newer Star Trek programs. If you are, uh, well, in the excuse me, in the United States. Uh, so I guess I don't necessarily know where it's just dis- where it's distributed on the international basis, but I'm just I'm just kind of thinking of the U.S. Uh, if uh, I should
0: you- know this, somebody just told me because you know I hang out with a bunch of Canadians all the time, and- right?
1: You know what? And if if uh, if you need to find it and you need our help, please drop us a line. We, we will track it down.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell anybody where they can find it.
1: Yes, great. indeed. You, you'll tell them where to go? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'll tell you. What. <laughs> no matter what you have to say, I'll tell you where I'll to go, where to whether, go. It, whether okay. it be in a mean way or a nice way. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. All right, well, moving on. This was actually a story I talked about uh on the regular secret friends program that we recorded last night which will be uh will be already out by the time you listen to this uh there is a crowdfunded documentary going on right now uh set to explore 1982 the greatest geek year now get ready for a fist fight uh and the reason i included it here is that the art that you see here includes star trek too, because that was the year that we got the wrath of khan so uh yeah there's a crowdfunding uh project going on right now to make a documentary and this just this just seems to be the way i mean before much time goes by the three of us will start a crowdfunding project so that we can have our documentary um but yeah these these producers uh robert lay jr uh who made star trek the Rodberry vault twilight zone 60th anniversary uh mark a altman who's a a big name in star trek free enterprise and the librarians which i know is a show that oxtra enjoys and thomas vitale who made Netflix, Slasher, and Pandora. Can uh,
0: we list some of the movies that came out that year? Because we,
1: You took the words right out of my mouth because that's I, exactly I, what I'm going to do.
0: I think if we did, you know, it would convince people this might be the greatest geek year ever. I mean, two of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time are in here.
2: I need you to know, know which ones those are.
1: And I had a counterpoint that I will get to in a moment about a different year in the 80s. But anyway, let's do it. Uh, be- beloved films <laughs> include E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Blade Runner, The Thing, Creepshow, Show, The Dark Crystal, Tron. Conan the Barbarian, Cat People, super sexy movie that I love and my wife hates, uh, (laughs) The Road Warrior, and Poltergeist, which happened to open the same day as Star Trek II. So before I move on to completely dispel this with my list, Aaron, (laughs) what are your two um, most beloved films from 1982 that you want to tell us about?
0: I want you to guess.
2: Uh, Star Trek II and Uh, E.T. My guess would be Blade Runner and Conan the Barbarian.
0: Oh my god, Rich, you got it. Ah! You got both of them. You what said, up? I was I was like he's going to get the one and then not the other. <laughs> and and I, then you and,
1: did. And I completely flopped. My counterpoint and then because I'm making a counterpoint and I'm giving a different year, we know that Aaron is lodged in 1982. I am going to go with 1984.
0: What well, so came out in go. Wait, wait, what? Came out in 84.
1: Well, that's exactly what I'm going to tell you about, because I, I, I had to do this exact same thing when when Ochre and I were recording last night. 1984 gave us Dune, Gremlins, The NeverEnding Story, The Karate Kid, The Last Starfighter, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Buckaroo Banzai and The Voyage Across the Eighth Dimension, Police Academy, Red Dawn, Terminator, Splash, Beverly Hills Cop,
0: Supergirl. Here's the thing. You looked that up. We of didn't course look I that did. Up- but we didn't look up the movies from 1982. These are coming from an article. So right. unless you can give me a side-by-side of independent research, I'm not going to say this is valid.
2: Oh, my.
1: Google, Google is the most independent <laughs> research that exists. Then
0: Google movies of 1982. We might have some hidden treasures okay, that aren't okay, on here. Okay, because, okay, hold Because on, if we're going on. by this versus what you just said, that's going to win out. Okay, so
1: uh, – and when, when I bring this up, it has a lot of the same shit. So yeah, had Dark Crystal Thing, Poltergeist, Blade Fast Runner, uh, Diner, which is a great flick that I like, The Beastmaster, oh, uh, there's Star Trek 2, Fast Times, Annie, which is another uh, creep show. Sophie's Choice. Oh my
0: god, I love that movie, Annie.
1: Ra- Rambos for, Rambo, <laughs> the first Does the first ramp out,
0: out tomorrow,
1: tomorrow. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, <laughs> to, I mean, we're getting into the weeds here. Airplane um, Two, Airplane Two, Tootsie, airplane two? tootsie. Uh, exactly. Forty-eight hours. I mean, so like I said, we start, we start to get, we start okay. to wax and wane the further I go down the list. But
0: I'm yeah, really oh, excited about Blade Runner, Conan the Barbarian, and Road War- Warrior being on here. However, you're right; that was a better year for movies.
1: Thank you, Rich. <laughs> what is what is your esteem for the best year for films?
2: God, I'd have to do my research. I want to say. you!
0: No research. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. No, Rich, but based on like those two years, 82 and 84, with the movies he's just listed, which year is better?
2: God. Um I would have to go with I mean, 82 has some gems. I mean, Blade Runner is one of it, my all time favorite films. Yeah,
0: it's like one of mine. It's but, like in my top three. However, yes. I'm saying, as a body of work, 84 God. wins, God. even though my favorite movie is on here. And I love three of these so much. I like a lot. I like all these movies except E.T. That movie sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, in Sal, you're saying that it's not a quantity versus quantity quantity versus quality it's a body of work because <laughs> there, there's a lot of quality but there's a lot of quality within the quantity of what's in 1984 which
0: wins 80, out. 84 is going to win out definitely because of how me, dune i mean i mean everything you said is pretty much a hit except one this has some real turds in here
1: Okay, yeah, well, it, it is. It, it's more. It is more of an '82 turd sandwich. I'll give you that. Which uh, I, we, I, I would. Lo- I wish I could name this episode that, but I, I can't. Out of respect for Michelle Nichols, I cannot name name this episode '1982 turd sandwich.' Uh, <laughs> but but it will be that in my heart
2: sorry to no. i love you so uh okay Wait, any other th- 84 also had beverly hills cop don't forget so. I, I, I said I, I, I did you mention I said, that one okay I did, all right I did. that was a good one i like beverly hills cop
1: any other thoughts about this before we uh move on to our final story
2: um nichelle nichols is our queen she's okay. the queen of star trek and she is she is royalty
0: uh, this tr- this movie g- gave me a or the, yeah the documentary gave me a profound respect for Nichelle Nichols that I didn't have before yeah. because I had never connected with her on a personal level and that's something I learned in this she is so wonderful and warm and kind and personable yes. um, and, and it was just it was absolutely beautiful I was very impressed with it but. Can we talk about some assimilation?
1: Well, that that that's that's how I was trying to. T- you guys actually jumped ahead in the program, but I thought what you said was was very great. But uh, Aaron, why don't you talk about this? I've done all the blathering. Talk about this. Talk about this last story, and then we'll get well, up on. Let's let
0: Rich talk about it.
1: Well, oh I, yeah, well, I just saw it. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: I just saw it for the first time too. That's why I threw you on <laughs> the bus. <laughs> oh man, oh, so
2: there's so come okay. On, so Rich. I'm gonna so, okay. so much love. All right, I'll I I will. I'm gonna. Dirt my way through this so apparently there is a borg cube advent calendar with yes. Star Trek goodies and uh according to this article it looks like it's uh, it's a it's a obviously a cube but it's in uh several different pieces that come out of it and there's all kinds of little fun things like
0: if i had this i wouldn't need pornography anymore <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. It's like, "Oh, socks." Oh, flexi- give me a coffee <laughs> mug. Oh. Now are they all and they're they're all multi-themed, um, but it's because they have 3 pieces of, uh, three samples of it. So there's like a, a cardboard coaster, which shows you, you know, you see the the 1701. You have socks, which are the 1701D. And then you have a coffee mug uh, that says, uh, you know, 2063 first warp flight, which really ties in with the board because it's first contact. So I'm wondering. I, I want there,
0: this. I've I, never I, wanted I, any of the crap that you guys talk about and you like because <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just a bunch of junk. I want for, this.
1: I, I got to have it too. But I, I'm just wondering if overall – the Borg is some kind of theme or if it's but I suppose it really wouldn't be because you've got the TOS stuff and then you've got this. So, yeah, I'm just I'm dying to know. And again, when does this go on? So, oh, my God, it's one hundred and forty bucks.
2: Yeah, I, it's
0: mighty well it's, spent.
2: Yeah, it's not one of those cheap, you know, advent calendars where it's like, oh, look, a little tiny piece of chocolate or, oh, look, it's a paper ring that's going to fall apart. This is like You've quality you never stuff, lived
0: right? as a Jew because you don't get much. <laughs> you
2: don't get much. Well, and this is actually available
1: from uh, the Eagle Moss people, which I, Eagle Moss is, you know, I never shut up about my Eagle Moss Starships collection. So this
0: I is I have damn. all the plaques. Did you know nice. that? I have uh, all the ship plaques. I oh, have. That's amazing.
1: I, I have I don't have them all, but what I do have is in uh, in my half bath in the first floor of my home. uh, There were existing shelves there because again I this is this is the house I grew up in. It was my mom's house. It's very nicely decorated. She had some beautiful shelves in there, which I uh, I turned into my Enterprise lineage. I took all of the the ships and I layered them from depending on how I have it set up from oldest from you know oldest to newest Enterprise or or newest to oldest backwards, and I have the plaques behind. So I have, but I don't have them all. I have the plaque for the NX-01, I have the 1701, I think I have the the D and the E, and then they all kind of correspond with those lines up. So I love those plaques, and and again, I may someday, let's say if if I moved and I was going to redecorate or if I had my own little space, I might do what you did. I may just buy all the plaques and put them up on the wall. I think that'd be magnificent.
0: Yeah, I, well, they don't sell them all anymore. They discontinued a lot of them, so I'm glad I bought them when I did. But I have are you, one, two, are three, you four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are sure.
1: you? So I literally have the shop up right now. I might have to discredit you, but but I, I don't wow. want I don't I don't, don't want to do it as we record. No, go ahead, because
0: so. I was just looking because I know that they came out with the Discovery and the Shenzhou, and since I collect them. I was talking to somebody about yep. them, and I'm like, oh, sure. you used to just be able to buy them all together as a setter individually, and you can't anymore.
1: They're not only still available, but they're currently on sale.
0: Oh, then they must have restocked because they yeah. didn't even and have they them do. on there site. Are,
1: there are nine items. I'll read them to you. And this was uh, like a week ago. Well, actually, it looks, like there's, it looks like there's five that are available right now. So maybe they're not all, but you can get the TOS Enterprise, the Franklin. Uh, the uh, NX-01, which I have. Yeah, they really are out of stock. But there is the Discovery and the Shenzhou.
0: Yeah, you can't and, get them anymore. So I have... Absolutely I mean, beautiful... Enterprise, dish. Enterprise, 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 Defiant, Voyager, Enterprise, Franklin, Nomad, Discovery, Shenzhou.
1: Wow. And the Nomad is, of course, the club you belong to. so that's.
0: It, yeah, cool. it, it was custom.
1: But there, there also is a beautiful colonial seal from Battlestar Galactica, which I'm a massive fan. So yeah, I I love Hero Collector Eagle Moss because they they cover they, they have a lot of Battlestar Galactica stuff. So anyway, this has turned into a uh, into a product <laughs> rumble hell, uh for Eagle Moss. But if you would like, I think Rich, let's make sure we put a link in the show notes to this product because I may have to may may have to save up my nickels and dimes to to get me this one because they're be going to get some good swagging in there. So um but yeah that uh, that actually takes us to the end of the program so this has been fun again we you know we veered away uh from talking about episodes this week next week uh rich and i are doing this just absolutely amazing interview that he and i did with the tipton brothers from idw comics they write star trek comics after that we will get actually the week after that we talk about star trek generation so we're back to talking about a show or a movie so okay. we, gonna we're
0: gonna skip out next week guys because yes i, yes. I don't i don't care
1: you're not you're the comic book. I'm not right? a com
0: I'm not a comic
1: book. <laughs> and, and then we won't drag you back for Star Trek: The Animated Series, but we do have an agreement that you got to do the lower deck stuff with us. You got it. You got almost, out.
0: Listen, I'm almost done with the lower decks, and I wow. hate it. But I'm oh. doing it. <laughs> you know what?
1: But that's a true devotion to the craft. I appreciate that. So with that being said, uh, Aaron, take us out. Cut.
0: Oh, I'm doing this. I close the page. <laughs> okay, Rich, Sorry, I got it back up for okay. more information about Starfleet International and Michigan and beyond please visit Graham Petoskey and Nomad on Facebook. The Code 47 podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite Network and is produced by Todd Oxstra.
1: Oh yeah, friends! As always, thank you for joining us. Of course, we are part of the Great Secret Friends Unite Network, as Aaron has said. Uh, you are listening to the Code Forty Seven podcast. Uh, we also have a great show about Star Wars called the Holocron Chronicles Co-op Mode. Talks about video games and every Friday since 2014, Secret Friends Unite is talking about geek culture and ge- geek culture in general. Your guide to the geek side. All of our content can be found on our brand spanking new website, Secret Friends Unite. Dot com original content future up and coming content and all of our podcasts can be found over there so leap over and give that uh, bad boy a bookmark because you're going to want to keep your eye on it you can find us on twitter at secret friends drop us a line let us know if you have a question uh, and we will do the best that we can to help you out please buy our awesome stuff on our secret friends unite store on t public just today rich Got himself some SFU swag because they have a great sale going on. They have sales for once a month. And I even picked up a couple of new things. So show your love for our shows, any any and all of our shows. We have new designs showing up there all hey, the time. Hey
0: Charlie. Yes. How, how much are shirts?
1: Shirts <laughs> are as little as thirteen dollars. And you oh so- my
0: gosh. And they're usually twenty.
1: And they're usually 20 Third, That's I have to off. get on
0: there. I have Please. to get on there. That's so good.
1: Do it absolutely uh yeah by the time you're listening to this you'll be looking forward to our next sale but we will always let you know when that stuff is going down um and all proceeds of that do support the network and our ability to bring you great stuff so with that i will bid you adieu thank you for joining us i'll tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking.
0: and we're still celebrating gay pride month so gay so gay, we're very gay uh (laughs) the
2: needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few Or the one.